0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton here, as per usual, for the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today I'm excited to share a conversation that I had with Bria, also known as Bria Salmena, as well as uh, her uh, bandmate and uh, producer, Duncan Hay Jennings, uh, about a record that they put together over 2020 called uh, Country Covers Volume 1. It came out in September 2021, and it's a six-song EP that uh, pulls uh, different country songs from uh, the past 50 or so years and and puts a really, really fun spin on them that uh, is is neither too derivative of the originals or or, or too far away from them. It rides that fine line, and it does a really, really great job of it. We talk about uh, how that project started as just a way to kind of have fun during the pandemic. We talk about the appeal of nostalgia. We talk about uh, the ongoing impact of COVID and and the new Omicron variant, which at that time was just starting to shut things down in Ontario. Uh, Bree and Duncan are, of course, both members of Frigg's as well and Orville Peck's touring band. And so they talk about what's coming up next for those projects, and uh, they talk about when we can expect Country Covers Volume 2. As per usual, there is some foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And, of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes Network website. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's Bria and
1: Duncan. Hi. My name's Duncan. And I, I'm Yeah, it's me.
2: <laughs> My name is Bria. And we play in Bria. Together. <laughs> Together.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on to uh Inside the Artist Studios little interview podcast. Uh we're gonna we're gonna do a little rapid fire off the front, then we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about country covers volume one right after that, and then uh yeah, uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, wrap up by playing a track off of that. So, without any further ado, we'll uh, we'll get rolling here. Cool, cool. Okay, very first rapid fire question. Then, is there a is there a specialty dish that you cook that people associate with you, or bake for that matter?
2: <laughs> you yours is roasted potatoes.
1: Roast potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's
2: what, <laughs> that's what I associate with you. Roast least. potatoes. Roasted potatoes. Okay. I'll Is
1: that okay? T- sure. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> that's what Bria associates with me. Um, and I guess what I associate.
2: I think it's more <coughs> fun this way.
1: Yeah, with uh, with Bria would be uh, <laughs> uh, a a bowl. So you start with a bowl, and a uh, healthy, healthy amount of yogurt uh granola and a chopped up banana <laughs> every morning
2: we live together so we know each other's food routines pretty well
0: <laughs> do you do is it like really consistent like every morning you you do
1: the same thing every single morning it is exactly the same i i like to
2: keep yeah I do. It's like my breakfast, and if I, you know, I'll have something else if we're out of yogurt or bananas or whatever. But it's, I like this kind of yogurt. It's good for my gut health. I like to keep things like somewhat consistent.
1: Regular, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it's like it's nice to have a bit of routine in your life when you're home, because most of the time we're not home and you don't have no sense of routine.
0: Uh, do you prefer tea or coffee?
1: Coffee. Coffee. But do love tea. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. when I have an, a nice cup of English breakfast, I think I'm crazy. I'm a fool for drinking coffee every morning. I should be having this, but I, I can't make that ch- change in my life.
0: Yeah. Is there an amount of coffee that's like too much? Do, you, do, you, do either of you like get to that point?
1: For, yeah.
2: Like one and a half cups for me is like yeah. it. Yeah. I used to be able to drink a lot of coffee. I remember like my coffee addiction at one point was like, so crazy. We're at, it would, like, would hit like three in the afternoon and I would like desperately need a coffee and I could like feel that in my body and I'm, I'm happy. I don't have that anymore, but yeah, it's just another addiction.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had?
1: Uh, I was once, uh, I, I worked a job for about four and a half days um, making ice cream sandwiches in a food factory, but it was just myself and another person in this massive warehouse assembling uh, ice cream sandwiches with zero guidance. There was nobody, we, 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 we were both hired on the same day. Nobody was there to meet us, and we were just, we basically just, we weren't told what to do or how to do it, and so we were assembling ice cream sandwiches in one room, and about 200 meters away, through all these hallways, was the freezer. So we were trying to put together ice cream sandwiches as quickly as possible without them melting, and then <laughs> carting them to it was, and I crazy thing never never got paid for my for my <laughs> time there and actually the guy who hired me owns a bunch of restaurants in this city he's a he's a crook <laughs> I showed up at one of his restaurants once asking if he was there and I was told he wasn't so anyways <laughs> that, that takes it for me personally
3: I don't
2: I don't know I've had like shit jobs, but like none of them were like particularly weird. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, no? I don't know. I like. I feel like. I'm trying to think of something I did like in university besides the call center. But I don't think there was anything. No. I've never, like, had... I don't have, like, a story like that. I've just, like, worked a lot of, like, shitty jobs. But, like, there wasn't... And there was, like, humor in it, but... Nothing nothing as crazy as Duncan's Ice Cream (laughs) Sandwich story.
0: Which one takes the cake, then, for, like, worst experience? Not to get, you know, super negative. Oh,
2: no, not at all. Um, (laughs) I don't know. They all had, like... They were all different (laughs) in in how shit they were. Um, But fuck I'm trying to think like I've you know worked at like a call center in university but you're calling people to try and like donate you know alumni to try and donate money to the university which I thought was kind of ironic because most people I was calling unless they were like you know a lot older were in debt student debt so that that felt like a little strange to me um and then uh, worked in some like, you know, data and data input jobs, which was like, I just would listen to podcasts all day and kind of like peruse YouTube for hours instead of really doing anything. I worked at Roots Canada for a single day when I was in <laughs> high school. And then they promptly asked me to leave. Um, yeah,
0: what, what happened there? Why, I guess why the single day?
2: Uh, a friend of mine, like, had gotten a job there, you know, in retail, whatever, in the store, um, and she was like, it's pretty good, like, the people are nice, and, like, you get paid pretty well, and I was like, great, I need a job, and then, so I did it, but they, like, put me on as a greeter, so, like, when you, you know, walk into the store, I'm, like, supposed to, like, pour them a cup of water and be, like, super pleasant, and... A cup of water? Yeah, there was, like, I had to, like, keep... Anyways like lemon water
3: <laughs>
2: and I wasn't particularly like suited for that job like I'm, I'm a friendly person but I am not and I'm, I'm like kind of shy and I'm not I'm not the greeter type let's just put it that way um yeah. and like the the owner not the owner of like Roots Canada but like a very high up person from Roots like came that day because there was some big sale happening and he like saw how miserable I looked and then asked somebody to tell me to, like, fuck off, essentially. Um, Which I was fine with. I really, really disliked that job. Um,
1: What other jobs, Ray? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's just go through your whole resume, you know, your whole TV.
2: You want to? (laughs) It's a lot. It's vast. It's vast.
1: What's
0: the first car you ever owned?
1: Oh, um, well.
3: Toyota Sienna.
1: That's right. Yeah, the uh, we we played together in a band called Frigs, yeah. and uh, we we had a van, uh, a Toyota Sienna, two thousand and seven. What a beaut!
2: She was. A, yeah. Yeah, she was a good girl. She took us, you know, all around North America for years and years. And then last summer, two summers, or last, last year,
1: last year, last yeah, last fall, I guess
2: so she was put to rest.
1: Well, I think still going, still really? going, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we just it was it was not getting the use from us any longer, so yeah.
0: Yeah, that was uh, I got a soft spot for the old Toyota Sienna. That was like my family car when I was growing up. Amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, boy, that thing took a beating. Just, uh... Oh, yeah. I have, like, three siblings and, you know, two teenagers getting their license and then driving a minivan around. It, uh, it took some hits. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, so did so did ours. She had some scars. All along yeah. the side of her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, like, a tour van then, hey? That was... Oh, yeah. It did. Did you ever have any notable breakdowns?
2: no yeah she was pretty like she's pretty good mm-hmm. we never like you know we're like we never had any accidents in her we never she never really shut down
1: yeah pretty diligent about you know Consistent oil changes and, uh, you know, just, you know, during downtime making like before we left, making sure everything was tickety boo, yeah. you know, but no, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing too serious at
3: all.
2: No, she was incredibly reliable. I feel very lucky because I know a lot of bands I like, didn't have that type of don't or don't have that type of vehicle, but she was good.
0: Very good. Uh, if you could book a show uh and book just any kind of handful of bands to play that show uh w- what kind of bands would you book we'll, we'll say we'll say either bands that still exist or bands that do not still exist
1: where to begin where
2: to- <laughs> okay you know what the first band that came to my mind was bad brains Oh, really well yeah i just feel like that would be like an insane performance to see to the thing
3: yeah
1: um, where to from there? Next on the, next on the, next on the lineup. You pick one. Um, let's see. Uh, Bad Brains followed by, uh. Bad Brains open the show. Um, <laughs> uh, Burt Yanch. <laughs>
2: That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay.
0: Yeah, who's the closer then?
3: Yeah.
2: Well, how many bands can be on this bill?
0: You know, that's a good point. I, I get that question with this one a lot. And I feel like it's... A, I always think of shows as like three-band bills. Because anything more than that is just... Nobody, nobody likes a four-band bill. Nobody enjoys it. Like you know
2: that. what? I agree. Um, I agree. Okay, after Burt Yanch...
1: The closer. The headliner.
2: The headliner. You know what? Grace Jones
1: grace
0: jones. Okay. jones there we go so a solid three band bill yeah i think that's a
2: solid bill <laughs>
0: uh is there a social media account you like to follow that brings brings you some joy when you when you scroll past it
2: absolutely <laughs> catatonic catatonic youth mm-hmm. um dust to digital is a good one Uh, I don't. Do you know these ones? Do you want me to explain them? I
0: don't. Yeah, describe them.
2: Catatonic youth. How do you describe that?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's just like a a wonderful archive of just the most awful, awful stuff. Uh, Just like you know, like a lot of like. Well, you know, they, they, you know, I saw a video today of, uh, they were hi- highlighting uh, Buck Cherry. Oh, fuck. You know? Um, this sort of thing, like Buck Cherry, maybe they'll, every once in a while there'll be like a, you know, a, a Creed acoustic performance or Theory of a Dead Man acoustic performance. But they um, find
2: also like yeah. so, like crazy obscure, like, yeah. you know, videos that people just put up on YouTube of
1: it's basically like, just like cursed 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 videos basically <laughs> yeah. of like of but you know sort of within that genre of of music and subgenres just like really cringe worthy stuff and it's just it's incredible
2: it's incredible it's very well curated um, and then dust to digital is like a,
1: another archive
2: another archive but yes. it's not like a, it's not it's not a joke it's, Account. Just
1: amazing stuff. Yeah, man. they
2: just like people send in like really amazing like uh, performance videos of from all over the world, or they like find like the, you know they go through their archive and they find some like really amazing like uh, clips of performers that from all over the world that are you know from like all all decades in the twentieth century. Um, and what's another good? That's those are probably my two favorite. There's also. Um, like There was, like, a Canadian one, canada.gov.ca, which was, like, this Instagram account that just, like, it's all, like, Canadian content. Um, but it's, like, it's all, you know, it's a mix of, like, serious and not serious, but it's, like, very nostalgic stuff yeah. a lot. Like, um, like, videos of, like, you know, Shania Twain back in, like, the 80s or, like, um, just, like, shit that I feel like only Canadian people who, like, maybe were born in, like, the, you know, 70s to 90s would, like, understand.
0: Yeah, I... It's interesting because all of those sound somewhat nostalgia-based to some degree. Yeah. How, how do you... Like, how do you feel about the idea of nostalgia? Like, is is that um, something that is inspiring or something that's, like, a bit of a curse, do you think?
2: Um, I... I'm one of those people that I think, like... You're incredibly nostalgic I am incredibly nostalgic <laughs> But I teeter on like You know I feel like I walk the fine line Where like I know myself And I know I could like really You know Deep dive into it But I don't allow myself sometimes To like Get I, I know what my limit is Because I know it's like An acceptable limit of nostalgia Amongst my friends And peers And family But I am Yeah I'm very nostalgic And I feel like I mean like you know, the fruits of my labor video, that is like an example of how nostalgic or like, you know, the things that I keep close or like, you know, video home, home videos that I got developed last year and like that. And I'm like, I, I feel like inspired by those types of things. And I'm curious about like, I'm very interested in like my family history and, you know, the keeping track of like stuff that happens in my life. Um, because I like records of things, yeah. I'm building my own little archive.
0: Do you prefer sports, board games, or video games?
2: Sports or games or video games?
0: Yeah, sports or board games or video games.
2: I'm a I'm a games gal. I like board. Well, not necessarily board games, but I like cards. Crokinole, cards and crokinole. I really recently discovered. I'm very good at it. So.
0: Oh, how did how did you come by crokinole?
2: We were at a friend's house the other weekend. Um, they busted out this crokinole board, and I'd never played it before. Duncan and I were playing against each other, and I just fucking slayed that game. <laughs> and I'm and my mother just got a crokinole board because we've decided we're gonna start playing it to the family again. I'm very excited about it.
0: Yeah, I um. I, I come by Crokinole by way of uh, uh just a lot of Mennonite background in my family and just every part of that family has, you know, a shitty board that has nails through it for the posts that at some point they made in the 40s or 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 whatever. But yeah, it's like a, it's it's uh it's great. Nobody talks about Crokinole. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it
2: is awesome. Wonderful game. Yeah. And you know, the sound of that board really appeals to like my nostalgic side. That sounds really fun. I, I kind of wish I had one. There was one kicking around that was like old and
1: worn. Well, you should just make one. Then it'll become old and worn. Well, I will.
2: I'm getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I did the next best thing, which is that I bought one, and then a friend of mine dropped it down the stairs. So <laughs> nice, nice. That also works. and It's got some glue holding it together, and it's pretty dented up. It's got, it's got history. Um, nice. Love that. Uh, do you have a hobby or a pastime that people might think is kind of unexpected or, or just something that uh, takes up most of your time outside of musical pursuits?
2: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I like to look at my phone. I'll,
0: I'll, 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 I'll swing it this way then. Is there something that you, that you used to do that you don't have time to do any, any longer that you, that you miss, uh, filling your time with. No,
1: I don't <laughs> think, yeah. I don't know. It seems to be mostly, at least for all, for a long time, that mostly just music <laughs> yeah. as the hobby pastime. Yeah. And yeah. And job. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- I feel like they're, fuck there must be something no
1: not for me i don't think
2: no i don't know not and not anything
1: i'm not anything that would be shocking to you know it's just just the usual stuff that people like like to read yeah
2: like to read like to go for walks
1: (laughs) (laughs) these aren't (laughs) hobbies.
2: i have no idea i have no fucking clue sorry (laughs) yeah that's that's that's
0: very wholesome (laughs) um yeah, is there is there any particular type of thing you like to read? Any uh, any particular type of book?
2: Uh,
1: fiction, poetry,
2: fiction and po- yeah, nonfiction, I've, nonfiction. I have this like I like to I kind of like uh, read fiction at night. Like I usually have like a novel going at night. And in the morning, I I read poetry that I like because it helps me write. That's kind of my. My thing, but it doesn't have to be fiction in the evening. But like no I keep like to keep my novels. It's like a nighttime routine, a nighttime thing. It's
0: it's kind of interesting because I think I've like a couple of times uh, you've talked about having some degree of structure, which like do you, do you consider yourself to be like a fairly structured person day to day?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Um, uh, I am a Virgo. Maybe that has something to do with it. (laughs) I think I, I am like a creature of habit. Like I, I like those types of things. I, I just, truthfully, I just like having, I like having like some sense of routines when I'm home. Like I said, like it's hard to have routines on the road because, um, every day is a little bit different and like, uh you know you can you you build like you have little like tour routines but they're sometimes harder to maintain you're also like not always feeling a hundred percent because you're tired so it's like when I'm feeling good I like to have that kind of structure at home um it helps I think it like it just it's a thing that keeps my me like clear headed in a way or at least like you know it stops me also from being lazy because I can be incredibly lazy but if I have like a sort of routine that I implement for myself, especially cause like, you know, we work for ourselves. Like we, we make music for a living. So it's like, I feel like it's important to have a kind of structure like that.
0: We got uh, two questions left in the old rapid fire here. Uh, is, is there an album that spurred your love of music?
1: An album, huh, i trying to think. I mean, I wouldn't say any particular album sort of spurred it for me maybe my my dad would make these mixtapes uh like uh summer of summer of 94 and fall of 95 and and uh spring of 96 or whatever those kind of those at a young age did it for me you know listen to those in the car and, and at home uh yeah, that's 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 my that's my early early bit for sure.
0: Do you, do you do you now make similar things? Like, are you a person who listens to a lot of like playlists, or you'll put together lists like that, or?
1: Yeah, every once in a while. Um, that's sort of more, more something my 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 dad was into. Um, yeah. I I'll make a playlist every once in a while. I've got one going right now. Uh, is that is that the... So? Uh, uh, a gift, my Chris, my Christmas gift to uh, my girlfriend's mother last year was uh, a playlist where I put a, a song for every day of the year 2021, titled 365 songs. <laughs> it's fun. It's a it's, it's a nice thing. I, I I've been enjoying doing that. Um, and uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's definitely those mixtapes my dad, you know, was doing back then. Really think of them fondly. That's cool. Still chat about them every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Me and the old man.
2: What's your dad's DJ name
1: again? DJ Nico. DJ Nico. My dad was a DJ. Okay. Well. DJed, did uh, The Bamboo, Lee's Palace, some other spots here in, yeah. in T.O. Mm-hmm.
0: Bria, you got something?
2: Uh I think like <clears throat> I mean growing up like there's a couple things that I think or that you know, a couple things my parents would play that I think like really interested me. Um my mother what
1: What was that song you played for me the other day that uh
2: the Pino
1: Daniele song? Yeah, the, the
2: Italian songwriter. My my dad is, like, a big Pino Daniele fan who is, like, a very famous Italian um, pop singer, like, rock singer, whatever. He's just, like, was, like... He, he passed away recently, but he's, like... The um, quintessential, like, Italian guy. It's like, Italy's, like, Sting or something. I don't know. But uh, there was a song that I played for Duncan recently that I rediscovered. And I don't want to say this sparked my, my like love of music, but it's it's a ridiculous song, but it, uh, it's pretty, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like half in English, half in Italian, which is probably why I liked it because I could understand a, a bit of it. And there's references to like riding on a magic carpet, which I probably also liked as a kid, you know, just like things I could understand. Um, But that kind of stuff is like what I kind of grew up around. Um, And my mom was like a big, like, uh, my mom was a big uh, fan of like the French Kiss soundtrack. Like she used to put that on when she was cleaning. And like there's certain songs on there that are, you know, very dear to me. But the first record I owned when I was 14 was this Billie Holiday Greatest Hits record. And I had like one of those like Crosley record players that, like, opened up, you know, like, you got yeah. a, like, Pottery Barn or whatever, um, and I remember, like, being really excited to, like, own a record player, and, like, I went to this local record store up the street from me in Scarborough and, like, bought that record, and I think, like, Nashville Skyline, like, those were, like, my two first vinyls, and, like, those, listening to those two records on repeat, like, over and over as soon as I would get home from school. Those are yeah. two big ones for me.
0: Well, uh, very last question then for the rapid fire side of things. Uh, are are there any uh, bands or artists in uh, your guys' neck of the woods that uh, that you're fans of that you want to kind of give a little shout out to?
2: Sure. Uh, well, we saw our man Kyle Connolly the other day or the other week perform in Toronto. That was probably the last show I went to. Now that everything's shut shutting again. Mm -hmm. Canceled. Um, He's also plays bass in Orville Peck with us, and um, his new record's great, and his great show. Duncan played Slide for him that night. Um, I
1: Jennifer Castle. Jennifer Castle,
2: yeah, big one. I'm like I'm also just kind of thinking about like the shows that I had bought tickets to see that are now postponed like i'm like i'm a big big fan of palata who are from montreal and they were supposed to play here on the the 28th which is now postponed um dorothea pass was gonna play with us us at our release show in toronto that we had to postpone and she's a fantastic artist as well yeah those are some a couple names for you
0: well uh Kind of, we'll we'll do a super smooth pivot here. Um, things are uh, shutting down again in Ontario. Um, how has COVID been overall? Like, what what effect has that had specifically on your guys' like touring and and songwriting and recording practice? Uh,
1: well, you know, I think like this project, for instance, is sort of a product of of everything slightly, you know, we wouldn't really have had done it if it weren't for, you know, the time off, you know, last year during the height of things. Um, so that's sort of, you know, you know, we're, I guess, we're happy for that, but it's, you know, a fortunate thing that sort of came out of, you know, a pretty bleak situation. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, since Jul- July, really, we've been touring pretty consistently um we did three Orville tours and we did one uh, Bria tour uh, supporting uh, a band that was over in the states Wolf Alice um so I don't know it's 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 kind of wild to have been working so consistently and playing shows so consistently and for things to very very quickly uh shift you know um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's our the show we were meant to play wasn't even actually affected by the uh, restrictions here in Toronto, but we just sort of felt it wasn't. Considering how quickly things were moving, we just didn't feel like it was. I don't know the right vibe really to be playing a playing a show. It's disappointing, but you know, it yeah. is what it is.
0: Yeah, so so we're we're talking on December nineteenth. This is probably going to come out a little bit after Christmas, but um, so very likely the rest of Canada will be living in the world that Ontario currently is at that point. Um, what what actually happened in terms of lockdowns? Like, what what is the is the situation there?
2: Uh, technically, like, we're not in a lockdown right now. Like, we, gotcha. um, uh, they just announced, like, as of last night, like, bars and restaurants have to close at 11, everything's running at, like, half capacity, um, and you can't gather in groups of more than 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah
0: so the country covers record then is that that is by and large, like a pandemic era project, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't like, um, I don't like giving the pandemic a lot of credit for it. Like, you know, I, you know, like I, I, I get that as Duncan said, like a huge part of why we were able to make that record was because we had time off from, because due to the pandemic. And like, that was a good thing, but um I feel like you know the the product that we made um and like the the way Duncan and I worked together was like that was bound to happen in like one form or another but it came out in this way because of the circumstances
1: yeah we've been playing music together for a long time and the music we've played together since we've known each other isn't you know isn't limited just to sort of you know, what we do in Friggs or, or, or- Orville Peck, you know, like our, our musical interests and our, you know, shared interests are, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: extend a lot further, that sort of thing. So, you know, it was just, it was a nice uh, thing just to, just kind of happened, you know.
2: And I mean, like, yeah. I think it's very, speaks very, like, sincerely and truly to, like, the life we were living in that summer, you know. Right. Both of us, like, were primarily living in, like, rural settings, um, either at the farm or, like, at a lake house that I was spending a lot of time at. And, you know, just in trying to enjoy the summer of 2020, whatever wh- what that was. and Yeah.
0: So so when did the idea to do that kind of record kind of cement itself in your brain? Like, when, when did you start feeling like that was a thing you wanted to try to do.
2: Um I can't remember what song it was that we had just finished recording. It might have been Buffalo Ballet. We were at the farm. We were standing on the deck. We just finished recording something. It might have even been Green Rocky Road. But I just I just remember like saying to Duncan we should just record a bunch of covers and call it country covers. And that was it. And it and he was like, sure, sick. And then we, you know, I had, like, a little list going already of songs that I wanted to try and do um, after, like, you know, because Mistress Mary, the Mistress Mary song was the first one. And then we did Green Rocky Road. But, like, beyond that, there was no real, like, plan.
0: Yeah, so, so initially y- you were just kind of recording them for fun, hey?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was always fun. It was always just, like...
1: Yeah, there wasn't like a an end goal yeah. in mind. You know, conceptually it was there, but like it wasn't like we're gonna do this and this and this. And we're gonna put, you know, it was no, all like very laid back.
2: Yeah, even when I like said that to Duncan on the deck, like I wasn't like, and then we'll release it. It was just like, we'll just this is what the concept is now. We've we've thought of it. Run, let's yeah. run with it a little bit.
0: Did did either of you feel an urge during kind of early COVID to like find projects to work on, or were you much more of the opinion that it was okay to just like rest and try to have some fun?
2: I was of the opinion I was resting. I was definitely resting quite a bit. Uh, I took up, I actually took up a painting hobby during early days. There you go. I forgot about that. Um, but no, I didn't really like feel the need to, I mean, I definitely felt the need to like play music. I wasn't really like, I didn't even, I think I had a guitar. I was staying with my parents at the time and I wasn't really playing anything. And then I, I always get like little urges or I feel like a little bit weird when I haven't like played music in a while. And, um, so I think like, you know, when I found the Mistress Mary song and sent it to Duncan, that was like And suggested that we do a cover of it. I think that was just me trying to, like, scratch that itch a little bit. Um, and also have a... You know, I hadn't seen my friend in a long time, and we're used to playing music with each other all the time. Yeah. But uh, you had had so much shit going on.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, my girlfriend and I were living out with my aunt, uh, you know, an hour north of here, where we record the album, and there was a, a lot to do out there, and a lot to occupy yourself with. Um... You know, we grew a bunch of veggies and stuff, and my girlfriend's grew a a whole lot of flowers, and just helping my aunt around the property. So, you know, fortunately, yeah, it felt that felt good for us. You know, where we were at, just to to really busy ourselves, and you know, a lot of outside space. So, you know. My parents were able to come up and visit, and were able to spend time outside, um, and yeah, I like I set up a studio, so there was just a lot of, a lot of music being made, and it was yeah yeah it was nice.
0: So so, uh, both of you play in the Frags, and both of you tour with Orville Peck, and then both of you are also doing this project. what what, what is it that you get out of? playing with the frigs as opposed to say playing like country music. Like what is the thing that you connect to about both of those different types of music?
2: Um, I mean, personally speaking, like in frigs, I'm like a front person and it's like much more energetic. Um, not to say that horrible peck shows are not energetic. They're very energetic, but my energy is used differently. Um, actually, just like a couple days ago, it was like the two year, two it had been two years since the last freak show, which was right before the pandemic, in 2019. And I was watching old these videos that I had found of that show, and just like, you know, I it, it's very you know that that show in particular was like the you know it's very loud and very fast and like very high octane and. That was always like a huge release for me, um, performance-wise, like I always like, I really like performing and performing with Friggs was a, like really fun because you can just kind of lose yourself in a way, especially because I'm only singing or screaming or like whatever, I'm just using my voice. Whereas in Orville, um, that performance is like, it's fun because it's a different kind of energy, like. You know, I'm playing guitar and I'm not singing all the time, or I'm playing keyboards and I get to be like more. Um, what you I call it? More like calculated and meticulous about like how how I'm performing and what I do, and I get to I have to like, you know, I I don't get to express myself as like freely, but it's kind of also nice to just be like within a within a fucking structure. Here I go, and just like have to. You know blend in with a group and like that i they they both are very interesting i think
0: yeah what what's what's different between being the front person for the frigs and and having those kind of like you know uh intense energetic shows as opposed to playing now even like the country cover stuff like what 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 do you get out of out of uh that performance in a front person role.
2: Well, to be honest, like there's a lot of similarities I feel um, between you know perform the Bria shows that we've done and the Frigg shows. Like, um, I get to like use my voice a lot more, and that's how I feel most comfortable expressing. Um, like, I'm a singer. Like primarily, like, first and foremost, um, as my, like, creative output, um, so it's, I do focus a lot of energy, and it, maybe it's not, like, crazy, like, it is in Frigg's, but, like, it's almost more, um, it's, like, a bit more refined and thought out with Bria, which I also like, and I do put a lot, like, I find myself, even in, like, the way I move my body, um, you know, there's certain Bria songs that I don't play guitar on when we perform. So I get to kind of like, I, I feel my body doing the same motions or going through the same feelings as I did with a fr- during a Frig show. Um, which is very like freeing and fun for me. But I think that they both exist on the same plane. You know, there's <clears throat> the the only difference is I think just like the music, but... If it's the same kind of energy, and it's the same kind of like feeling for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wanted to touch on song choice, too, here. Just because um, I had gone through the, the Bandcamp page for the record, and it seems like there's a, a good amount of research and background and, and thought that went into choosing these specific songs. So I, I, I guess, what do you look for when you're wanting to choose a song to take on like that?
3: Uh,
2: I think first and foremost, like, a, a interpersonal connection, which I'm kind of realizing as we're, like, starting to uh, kind of go through new covers. Um, but uh, a lo- all of those songs on country covers, volume one, were ones that I felt... I had, like, an f- emotional response to listening to them, and also when I would, like, play them by myself, even before I brought them to Duncan. Like, I wanted to start on just myself and a guitar. And so if I didn't feel like I could find my own voice in it, then we wouldn't do it. Gotcha. Um, and yeah. And that was a big part of like choosing those songs. I mean, like those were all songs at the time that I had a, you know, I was listening to that summer, um, like frequently when there was other songs that we tried that we, that didn't work. You know, I couldn't, I, we couldn't get that kind of feeling out of them. Even though I may have had like a really strong connection listening to them. I couldn't like find necessarily find myself performing them. Gotcha. Do you have anything to add to that? No. Okay. Sorry. I thought you were about to say something. You
0: you recorded them then, right, Duncan? Uh, Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. was there stuff production-wise then that like, I I guess going into the studio to play and record these, was there like a a fairly solid idea of how this was all going to sound before going in or was it kind of just as you go, figuring it out?
1: Very, I think very much as we went, we sort of tackled it song by song um, and you know, sort of, you know to jump off what Bria was just saying like um obviously in song selection it had to it started with you know if, if Bria felt like she could you know connect with it emotionally, but then there was sort of a second step uh through the vetting process um wherein we had to sort of find uh a sonic element mm-hmm. or something to for us to latch on to that you know that was sort of definitive and or like help define the vibe um so like you know for the the walker brothers cover uh happened upon this drum machine beat that sort of you know we are like okay that is that's that's when we realized we could sort of play the song over that we we're like okay that's it that's the the anchor for this one you know and even like that tune for instance like we we didn't complete it while you know brie and i were together but we knew like okay that like whatever happens afterwards you know is just is is just a bonus but having the drum machine beat was a yeah the root of it basically and you know what's another example or a few other examples of that like The vocal delivery on fruits of my labor and like we really painstakingly went through that because i think brie was having a tough time getting like lucinda's lucinda williams you know diction and delivery out of her head but we really really made an effort of just like combing through that to change it up but otherwise like yeah we just sort of rolled with whatever Whatever sound we got that mm-hmm. day, like Green Rocky Road, you know, yeah. Chris Bowring, who plays dr- uh, drums in Friggs and Orville Peck, was up with us uh, for a few days. And, you know, that one we just recorded live in, you know, where the studio was, which was in the living room and kitchen. And, you know, you can, like, there's, there's a lot of, th- th- you can hear the room, you know, you can really hear the room. Like, there's, pots clanging in the background and and all that but we just there wasn't a lot of uh forethought put into it it was just like you know whatever happens happens and as long as we have something that we feel good about early on we just sort of trusted uh everything that followed the process after that you know
0: yeah uh are are, I guess because this is Country Covers Volume 1, are, are, there, are there plans to do more of these, or is that something that either of you would be excited about doing?
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah we're excited about it, for sure.
2: You know, it's not, something, it's not the only thing that we're doing, but it's something that we are kind of like getting, a, seeing if Volume 2 can uh, come to fruition, but we're also working on a bunch of original stuff.
0: Nice. Re- real quick, too, at the end, um, uh, what's going on with Frags? Do you guys have have, have plans for uh, for that in the future? Here,
1: we got we got an EP and an LP done.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're just like you know, the Bria stuff kind of came a little bit unexpectedly the way it happened, and and the world's opened up, and we're just like trying to organize our time. But yeah, we're sitting on a like a lot of unreleased material, which feels good, and you know, it's gonna happen at the right time.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Um, right at the end here, then, is uh, is there a song from Country Covers Volume 1 that you would want to play at the end of the episode?
2: Do we want to leave them happy or sad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That is a good know. question. You choose.
2: Um. Let's, uh, you know what, I think we could all use a little bit of, like, uh, a little bit more lift uplifting stuff so maybe maybe we'll play uh buffalo ballet i feel like that one has a good really good vibe to it sending out good vibes to everyone
0: what's uh w- what did you connect with specifically about about buffalo ballet uh
2: on the original on the JL, John Kale track it was the um it's the 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 backup vocals I don't know why they just like I thought it was like a really well composed song and like very simple but I I, you know when voices are really strong his included I just kind of like fall for it a little bit it just like such a imaginative song and it really like you know painted a picture I think for me which I liked.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, we're going to listen to a song called Buffalo Ballet from uh, Country Covers Volume 1. I just wanted to say, too, there's a there's a fine line, I think, doing covers between um, doing it really faithfully and not really adding a whole lot versus twisting it to a place where it doesn't do what the song is supposed to do anymore. Um, boy, just all of these songs on this record strike that balance in a really, really nice way. Thank you. Um, one more time we're going to listen to Buffalo Ballet uh, Bria and Duncan thanks so much for uh, sitting down to chat
3: thanks. thank you yeah
1: thanks
3: for having us nice meeting you nice chatting we never was young and gay midday sun sleeping in the midday sun sleeping in the midday
0: Inside the artist studio is produced by sean davis newton for the cups and cakes network the featured track buffalo ballet was played with permission from bria thanks to laundry week for the use of their song nothing on my mind from the grimpy ep as both our intro and outro music inside the artist studio is one of the many ways the cups and cakes network highlights canadian music visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio video and written content that's cups the letter n cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.